Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Emily Woodbury, in for Sarah Fenske. Last week, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources announced 12 sites in the state that were added to the National Register of Historic Places during 2019. This past year's list includes everything from a leaning tower of Pisa replica in Cook County to the Alton Gas and Electric Powerhouse constructed in 1913. Joining me now to go through the list is Amy Hathaway. She's a National Register and Survey Specialist for Illinois' State Historic Preservation Office. Amy, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. So let's jump right into the history of some of these places. I mentioned the Alton Gas and Electric Powerhouse in Madison County that was constructed in 1913. And I understand this was a pretty innovative power plant during its time. It was. Um, actually, it, it is listed for its, its association with industry. And it's a relatively new for the time uh, hydroelectric powered uh, power plant. So the, they received uh, the electricity, uh, was remotely received, uh, water powered through the Keokuk Dam in Iowa, and it also produced coal. And what so was... It was... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I, I was just going to say, what was its impact in Alton during the time? What did it bring to that city? Um, well, it, it brought power, and of course, water power at the time was, was a new, relatively new, and it was, uh, I believe, less expensive and also cleaner. Mm-hmm. So what comes with this National, Regis- National Register of Historic Places designation? Um, you know, for this old power plant, what does this recognition change? Well, the, it, basically what I tell people about the National Register is it's really an honorific designation. And it's, we have a, a set of criteria, and we have a way of evaluating these. And um, it is a federal program, so it goes all the way to the National Park Service. They make the final say. But it's really having an outside validation of a property significance because we have, uh, we have a tendency to become very attached to things in our community or elsewhere that have a, emotional attachment to them. And so this is kind of a dispassionate um, account of why it's important and and I think that it helps elevate its significance in the way that, see, it's not just us that, that love this property. This is something that's really important and worthy of preservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, also on the list is the Hunziker Winery site in Warsaw. I hope I'm saying that right. Is it the Hunziker Winery <laughs> that's site? The way I say it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is a little over uh, 30 miles north of Quincy. And I believe this is the oldest site on the 2019 list. It dates back to the mid-1800s. Tell me about this. Um, well, this is the other thing we list. You know, in addition to, we, we think of buildings listed in the National Register, we also list archaeological sites. Um, and, and this is something that was, it's considered a, a, a ruin. It's, it's, it's underground, um, largely underground. There was a wine house above it, um, but it was listed, archaeology, uh, we list things really for their, what they may tell us. And this is, was considered important for what it might tell us about uh, the wine industry and winemaking at the time. So I, I see in a photo, it's actually, so there is a little bit of a, an above ground ruin, but you're saying most of the interesting aspect of this is this underground cellar yeah, that was used for yeah. wine production. Yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 it's pretty amazing when you look at it and how well intact it is underground. Um, yeah, when you look at the above ground, you know, it, it kind of does look like 
not much, but uh, but underneath, it's the the engineering that went into that is remarkable. So, what does this property tell us about you know mid nineteenth century wine production in Western Illinois? <laughs> Well, that's something that the expert consultant can can probably <laughs> offer more information to than than I could. Uh, we help people with the process, um, and this this nomination um, was something that I didn't personally work on, but it was uh, you know it kind of was like what was stored in there and. Um, a little bit more about, you know, wine production at the time. I mean, it's still going on now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, perhaps this is something we'll have to look into for a future show. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> I, I don't think it would be a problem to look in the history of wine and winemaking. I think that would be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it talks about, like, the, some of their conclusions were, you know, there. I guess they, they called it kind of a a wine frenzy at that time, <laughs> which I thought was kind of an interesting way to put it. Um, but, you know, how to determine the quality of the wine and all of these things in the manufacturing. So there are all sorts of things in this in this nomination that talk about it in the production. So, and of course, there are a lot of, you know, German uh, settlements in the area and still to this day in that area and across on your side of the river, a lot of wine production. Let's let's travel a bit farther north to a very unique structure situated in Cook County, just outside of Chicago. In uh, the city of Niles, there's a leaning tower of Pisa replica. It's called the Leaning Tower of Niles, and I believe it's about half the size of the original um, in Italy. Yeah. How did this come about? <laughs> well, the leaning, believe it or not, the the this was actually once in a very large park that the the owner built for, he had a company in Chicago, and, and a ventilating fans companies. And he, I believe he was also a German immigrant, now come to think of it. And he, um, he you know, he started his own business, and he was very, very good to his employees. And he built this park, and the park had, you know, lakes and pools, and this Water tower was needed to, um, you know, for for having those pools and lakes there, and he didn't like the looks of it, from what I understand, and so he put it in this leaning tower replica. And I don't think anyone really knows why he picked the leaning tower. I know he was interested in in science, uh, and certainly interested in in you know um, Italian, I guess Italian history and Italian scientists. So. They thought, well, that might be. It was since it was privately owned, and the the city was behind nominating this property. They they prepared the application, and um, the the city employee pointed out, you know, since it was private, there there wasn't a lot of paperwork that they could find on it, on actually the reasoning, the rationale behind it. But it is remarkable, and it has bells. Three of the, I think there's five bells, and three of them are actually from Italy. One is from the 16th century, and one is from the 17th century. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Exactly. And we're like, well, how did this come to be? And we really don't, there's a, there's, there's a, there's a lot of questions about it as far as we don't know how this got there. <laughs> but it's fascinating, and it's a, it's a, it's, it's, uh, we listed it for its architecture, for, you know, there's a, a, um, 
a style of architecture called mimetic or programmatic architecture and and one of the one of the characteristics of that is you know replicas of monuments like the Statue of Liberty or something like that so that's why this was listed how did these sites come to your attention what what is that the process of getting on this list well there's all different ways um, some people like for example the city of Niles it, it, it is recognition based and a lot of us come to come to us. We don't go out and, and have people apply. People come to us. Um, we're government, and, and um, so we, we um, some people probably w- wouldn't want the government coming and knocking on their door saying, you know, do you want this listed in a federal program? So, <laughs> so, so they, they come to us uh, either, you know, this was a city, and it was kind of to help promote uh, the property. It was something they thought was very important to the community. Um, Hunziker Winery, um, the archaeological site, was owned actually by the Department of Natural Resources. Um, they're the ones who were behind that. Um, some there are tax incentives for properties that are income producing for properties listed in the National Register. Sometimes that's the reason why people come to us. Um, I would say though, largely there are people who um, are interested in their in their community and in their history and or in the in the property itself and want that resi- that um, that. Uh, designation that says it's important, that validation. Um, again, it goes all the way to the Park Service. We're just the staff people, you know, with our feet on the ground doing the Park Service's work, and we do the process. Um, we only we have a state review board that looks at it, and they only meet three times a year. Um, and then it goes to the Park Service. So it can take, you know, at a minimum, if everything's going great, six months, uh, it could take to a, to a year or even longer to get something listed. So for those listening who would like to recommend a place in their area, I'm wondering what are some qualities that make for a good pitch? What are you looking for okay. um, in this pitch? <laughs> we, it's, I know. There's a, there's, um, we look at, we have four criteria, essentially. We look at properties, and properties could be any, you know, buildings. It could be a bridge. It could be a water tower, like the Leaning Water Tower. It could be archaeology. So there's a whole bunch of things that they have a man-made component to it. Um, and they have significance, so they're important for either their history, their architecture, uh, archaeology, or their yield to uh, their potential to yield information, or they're also like a grouping, like a part of a, a district. So, you know, a lot of downtowns have commercial districts that are, um, you know, they're older commercial districts. A lot of times they'll push to get those listed in the National Register because then those property owners might get tax credits um, to do that. Um, properties also have to have integrity. Uh, we look at um, why is the property important, and does it have enough of those characteristics that made it important still intact? Um, properties are generally 50 years or older. We do have um, exceptions to the rules. If it's less than 50 years old, it has to be exceptionally significant because the 50-year rule gives us context. And, you know, something that's important today might not be important in a few years. So that's why there's this time. Um, but then there are sites like, for example, uh, the, the um, 
what happened in uh, 9-11, 2001. We have that site is listed in the National Register. We all know the significance of that. It doesn't need the passage of time. Amy Hathaway is a National Register and Survey Specialist for Illinois State Historic Preservation Office. Amy, thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, thanks again for having us. And I should mention, if you are curious to see some of the sites that Amy and I were just talking about, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources has provided us with some photos, and you can see them on our Twitter feed right now and on our website at stlpublicradio.org. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.